Happy New Year. All right, you listen. You know it's the first Sunday of Advent. It is a new year. I was afraid that everybody would go, what is she talking about? Because I understand it is another month until we get to 2023, and that's kind of what we consider the new year. But the first Sunday of Advent is the beginning of a new year. And so I, I really think we can say Happy New Year at this time. So let's try it again. Happy New Year. All right. I think the bottom line is that human beings don't really, and maybe even especially Americans, don't really like to wait. There is a certain weight, a certain heaviness about waiting. But that waiting gives us something to look forward to. Let me give you an example. Pastor Mike made up his preaching team, and I think you've met all of us now. Bob and Tom and Jen and Matt, and I'm your end of the alphabet, you know, the Y there. <laughs> so you've met all the preaching team, and he put out a schedule way back in July about who would be preaching when, and then the fall series of Acts, and I looked at it, and Acts went through November 20th, and my date to preach was November 27th. And I said, um, hmm, wonder what I'm supposed to be doing. So I emailed Pastor Mike once or twice or three or four times, I don't know, and said, here's some ideas for Advent. What do you think? And I, he very graciously said, um, yeah, he'd give me the schedule. He assured me that it would be there in plenty of time, but I had to wait. I needed to look forward to receiving the Advent schedule with the sermon topics. It came in plenty of time, no problem. And now we are here. We are here at Advent. During the Advent season, we wait on Christmas when we celebrate Jesus' birth and the spiritual growth that he can bring us. We wait on things like seeing family and friends, special dinners, special traditions, gifts, music, lights, all sorts of stuff. And we look forward to that because we know it's such a special time. And we know that God did this because he loves us. So today we're going to ask the question, why do we have to wait? We want to look at several people in the Bible and we will see what waiting did for them. Because ultimately, waiting on Jesus grows our hope. And hope is good for us. The weight of waiting is not always easy, but it serves to grow our hope. We're going to be looking at Luke today. We're starting with Luke 1, starting with verse 5. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord, but they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Now, while he, Zechariah, 
was serving as priest before God when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. There appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. The angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to you to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. The people were waiting for Zechariah, and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. Lots of waiting so far. We have Zechariah and Elizabeth waiting for years for a child. Zechariah is a priest, but he doesn't work Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. His division has to be called to serve. And not only that, but when his division is called, lots are cast to see who is doing what. So in this case, Zechariah was chosen to go burn the incense. Now he has to wait for the birth of the baby. And, did you hear that part? He is not going to be able to speak out loud until that baby is born. Can you imagine not being able to talk for nine, maybe pushing ten months? That's a long wait. And the last verse that we read, the people are outside waiting. They're going, Zachariah's been in there too long. What's going on? They're waiting. We won't get into whether or not they're waiting patiently, but, you know, that's another issue. Lots of waiting. But for Zachariah and Elizabeth, the hope is for this baby to be born, this special child that they have prayed for for years. Then, as you know, Elizabeth does get pregnant, and now they will wait for the birth of the baby and for Zechariah to be able to speak again. But let's go back to the Old Testament now and see some of the examples that we can find there. So, Lots of people waited for babies. We all know about Abraham and Sarah. They waited for the birth of Isaac. Isaac and Rebekah also waited for children. Then we have Hannah. Remember Hannah? Hannah wanted a child. She went and prayed for a child. And who was born? Samuel. Samuel became a prophet of God. And Samuel leads us to our next person, David. Samuel went to Jesse's home, David's father, and said, 
I need to meet your son. So Jesse called in his oldest son? No. Second son? No. Third son? Fourth son? Fifth son? Sixth son? Seventh son? No. Samuel to Jesse? Do you have another son? Well, yes, but, but he's out taking care of the sheep. Send for him. They're going to have to wait for David to come in from the field in order to find out what Samuel's here for. And at that point, when David comes, what happens? Samuel anoints him king over Israel. King. Does he become king right away? No. He hasn't even met Goliath yet. So at this point in time, David ends up going into Saul's service, and he has a wait until he actually becomes king. And then if we go back to Genesis 3, that's pretty early in your Bible, and we have God telling the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman, your offspring and hers. There's some special offspring coming. Maybe our first hint of the hope that God will provide for us. What about Job? Job waited for a while, and his was not a real pleasant wait. He lost his family. He lost his fortune. He lost his health. And then he had to listen to all those people that kept talking. But he waited. He waited. Carrie this morning told us about Esther. What about the fact that you find out an edict has gone out to the whole kingdom that says on this date, you can kill off any Jews you want to. So she had to figure out what to do. She waited to go to the king. She prepared banquets. They waited for those. King says, okay, we're going to fix this. So they have to send out another edict, wait for it to go out to all corners of the kingdom. And then it didn't cancel that day. They still had that day to wait for and see how everything was going to turn out. Throughout the Old Testament, we have different prophets that told us the Messiah was coming. Isaiah, for unto you a child is born, a son is given. And then in Daniel, there's a very interesting verse. Daniel 9, verse 24, it says, 70 weeks are decreed about your people and your holy city, to finish the transgression, to put an end to sin, and to atone for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal both vision and profit, and to anoint a most holy place. An end to sin? Finish transgressions? What an amazing hope! And interestingly, the commentaries say that probably this 70 weeks started at the end of the exile to Babylon 
and was going to be about finished at the beginning of the New Testament. So there may have been people who said, it's time for something exciting, something amazing to happen. So just a few examples from the Old Testament of waiting, but always with that hope that is ahead of us. Now, we know that after John's birth was announced to Zechariah, Gabriel goes to Mary. So here we have Luke 1, starting at verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. He came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? The angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Guess what? Mary's going to have to wait now, too. She's going to have to wait for the birth of the child, and she does. In the meantime, she visits Elizabeth, probably stays there until John is born, and then she returns to Nazareth. But think of this. She's not technically married. She's betrothed, but she's pregnant. What kind of waiting is that going to be for her? Probably some difficult waiting. Then we have the order of the census. They're going to have to travel to Bethlehem. So Mary and Joseph do that, and that is where Jesus is born. Now the waiting is over. Jesus has come. And guess what? There are witnesses, the shepherds. Let's look at Luke 2, starting at verse 17. And when they, the shepherds, saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all of these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Trick question. 
Did the shepherds wait? No, they did not. Once they had this, this revelation from the angels, once they had this message, they got up and went. They went to Bethlehem to look for the child. And they told Mary and Joseph what had happened. They also told the other people around them. They spread the good news. And when it was time for them to go back to the fields, what did they do? They glorified and praised God. What a witness. What an example for us. Now, the next point in our journey is day number eight. And we know from the Old Testament that that was the day where the firstborn son, where, where the children were to be presented at the temple. So after eight days, Mary and Joseph take Jesus to the temple in Jerusalem. And this is Luke 2, starting at verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. He came in the spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in this child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. And you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Simeon, how old do you think he is? Maybe kind of old. He's waited for a long time. But notice what the scripture tells us. He had had a special revelation that said, Simeon, you are going to see the Messiah while you are still here on earth. What kind of hope is that? That's amazing. In addition, he still has hope. What does he say? Lord, let your servant depart in peace. He still has the hope of even though he's going to be leaving earth now, that God will do what he has planned through the coming of the Messiah, and he is going to be with the Lord forever. Starting in verse 36, there's another example. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer, night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Israel. Anna's had a tough life too. She's had a long wait. But notice what she did. Again, she was a witness. She told other people. And they also tell us, the scripture also tells us, she spoke of him 
to all who were waiting. The people were waiting for the redemption of Israel. They were waiting for God's Messiah. That's a lot of waiting. But look at all the blessings. Children were born. David became king. And what did he want to do? He wanted to build a temple for God. God said no. So David stored up materials, treasure, so that when the temple was built, everything would be ready. In the Persian Empire, the Jews were allowed to defend themselves. Job was blessed again. And the Messiah who was promised from ancient times came. Jesus was born. So what about us? What can we learn about waiting? Here are some more verses. And for those of you who know me, I think we should memorize verses. So here's your homework for next week. Mike, you can check them on if you want to. All right. So our first verse is from our passage today. Luke 1.37, for nothing will be impossible with God. Now, this doesn't mean I can say, okay, what about a nice hot chocolate right now? No, I should have prepared that if I wanted to do that. But God is all-powerful, and his plan will not be diverted. Things will happen that he wants to happen. He will take care of everything. So that's a pretty short one. You can do that. For nothing will be impossible with God. Okay? Here's a psalm, one from Psalms. Psalm 27, 14. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. This does not mean getting all your plans and going ahead. This means resting. This means praying. This means listening. This means waiting for God. Because remember what he told Zechariah? He said, this will happen at the appropriate time. And my current favorite Bible verse, Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Now, that's the ESV. I have to admit that when I started memorizing verses, I did NIV. So this is what the NIV says for Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I love that. Overflow with hope. So here we are at the beginning of Advent which, by the way, actually means arrival or coming. We often think of it as beginning, and it is. That is exactly what God gives us at Christmas. The Savior who is born arrives to give us new life when we receive the forgiveness of sins that he provides. And ultimately, eternal life. Have you thought about that? It's fun being here on earth. It's fun being here when you have a brand new grandson who got to come today. It's, it's amazing to see family and friends. It's amazing to see the creativity of people 
and to see how they reach out to others to share that good news and to think that ultimately we will go to heaven then. Incredible. Here's another note. Let's not forget that God waits too. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Peter tells us that God wants us to be a part of his eternal kingdom. That's his desire. John tells us that Jesus went back to heaven to prepare a place for us that we can live with him forever. So let's prepare as we start this new year, this liturgical year, this ecclesiastical year, this calendar year. And one of the best ways, I think, is to be intentional in drawing closer to God. Remember simple? Say it with me. S means study the life of Christ. I, invest in the eternal. M, minister using your gifts and abilities. P, pray. L, listen to the Holy Spirit. And E, expect great things from God. And then the go is from the Great Commission. Go and make disciples. Advent challenges us not only to grow in our own relationship, but to go. We need to find out who Jesus is and share him with others. And if there's someone who doesn't know him, if you have not experienced God's forgiveness, ask find out. Take a hold of this opportunity to find God. The weight of waiting is not always easy, but that's what serves to grow our hope. Amen.